salt, water, sugar, fat, and a bit of genetic material. Can you guess what that is? Those are the common ingredients in your everyday donut. Yep, donuts have genetic material in them, mostly contaminant, meaning bits of the person who made your donut in the dough, or maybe a little bacteria, which is everywhere. And then there's the DNA from the flour and the yeasts and other plant-based food additives. But that same list of ingredients, salt, water, sugar, fat, and genetic material, are the ingredients in the new mRNA COVID vaccine that's currently being administered worldwide and that I got just yesterday. No, the vaccine is not a donut, and it won't make you taste like one. But there are a lot of myths out there about what the vaccine contains, and about what the vaccine can do to your body, and how fast the vaccine was rolled out. And you know, I just love busting myths. My name is Dr. Terry Simpson, and this is your doctor's orders, dedicating to busting myths and spreading science virally. Well, the anti-vaccination crowd is already revving up the misinformation machine about the new mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. My inbox is full of people forwarding me fake science videos and please like watch this and get the truth out about the vaccine before the government or big media or Bill Gates takes it down. I mean, if someone had really discovered the evil secret of the vaccine, you think they'd use a better news dissemination vehicle than email spam, right? Or my messenger on Facebook? So let's get rid of a few of those myths right now because you and almost everyone you know should get this vaccine. And pretty much every vaccine offered. But let's stay focused, shall we? So here to help me with that is my good friend and the people who help my podcast, Evo Terra from Simpler Media. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's get into some of those myths recently vaccinated. Dr. Terry Simpson, once again, lucky bastard. But again, as a frontline healthcare worker, we are all very happy that people like you can now uh, or will soon be able to do some work in there without the risk. But but speaking of that, that leads me to probably the first myth that uh, that I have here for you that I have heard. And I, I believe I've heard this from our the, the fine senator from Kentucky. Do they have a fine senator in Kentucky? No, not really. <laughs> Neither of them are. But this one happens to be from Senator Rand Paul, which I will let you get into his uh, lovely uh, credentials as a, well, someone who has claimed to the word doctor. But here's the myth that, that Senator Rand Paul has propagated. That is that there is a 99.5% chance of surviving the virus. And for most of it's it's just a cold, so there's no need for us to get the vaccine because also immunity, natural immunity that our bodies give us once we've contracted this deadly disease uh, is much better than the vaccine. What say you to the senator from Kentucky? All right. Well, first, there are two myths in there. And let's go over. So if anybody thinks that because he's a senator and an ophthalmologist that he's an expert, there's a wide difference between someone who's an ophthalmologist who isn't actually boarded in ophthalmology, who's now a politician who doesn't understand science. And unfortunately, Rand Paul was a waste of a medical degree. So here's the thing. 
we know your risk of dying if you catch COVID. And we know that because we keep track of people who've gotten COVID and who recover from COVID or who die from COVID. If you get COVID-19, you have 3% chance of dying. More if you're older, sicker, but overall, it's a 3% chance, which means- So so 3%, let me just interrupt you here. 3% is a bigger number than point. 5%. 5%. So it's not a 99.5% survival rate. You're saying it's more like a 97% survival rate. But wait, there's more. Here's the thing. 10% of all patients who develop COVID-19 will require hospitalization. So that means you have a 1 in 10 chance of being admitted to the hospital and seeing someone like me. And 27% of the people with COVID-19 who have been hospitalized and discharged within the next 30 days have died. And about 10% of the people overall who contract COVID, whether they're hospitalized or not, are left with long-term, meaning greater than six months, disabilities from it. So it's not a cold. It's not something you want to lead to chance. It's not your body's natural immune system. If you think that escaping from the plague is just going to get a little sniffle and you're going to be on with it, that's... Just not true. The other part of that myth that's bad is by saying, well, getting the disease means you will get your own natural immunity. It's not that good. The immunity we get from COVID-19 is not that good, as been demonstrated by people who've gotten it again. The reason is, is that the virus, when it infects you, hides in your cells, makes more viruses, infects other cells, gets in them, doesn't have a chance to boost much of an immune response. With the vaccine we have now, it's targeted. It's like it lasers into that one part of the virus that's required for it to infect human cells. So it not only blocks it from getting in human cells, but it attacks it and will allow your body to get rid of it. So if you want to get rid of the virus, don't get it. I mean, do you want a 3% chance of dying, a 10% chance of being in the hospital? And and let's let's take the people who are younger than you and I, people in the 18 to 34 group. When they looked at 3,000 of those people, kids, 20% of those required intensive care, and 3% of that group who went in the hospital died. Get the vaccine. And, you know, this is true with every single disease state out there. People say, well, get the measles, you don't need to get the vaccine. That's not true. If you've had the measles when you were young, as I did, because I'm of that age, I have to get the vaccine. My immunity wears out. As time goes on, your immune system's memory wears out. That's why we need vaccines and boosters. But vaccines in every single case we've looked at that have been approved are far better than getting the disease. Not only from the perspective of it sucks to get sick, but it produces a much better antibody. All right, let's go to myth number two. And that is that, doctor, there is a chance... I might get COVID-19 from the COVID-19 vaccine. Any truth to that? None, because what I got injected in me yesterday was this little bit of messenger RNA vaccine, but it doesn't contain the virus itself. It contains the instructions for some of my cells to make copies of a little tiny of one of the 29 proteins on the COVID-19. So basically, that little injection is more like sending a wanted poster to a bounty hunter. The bounty hunter is your immune system. There is no virus in there. There is a piece of the virus. And now the immune system has seen that piece. It now revs up. It's like it has that, what's that 007 license to kill? So yeah, get the vaccine. 
you're not going to get COVID from the shot. And number three, well, actually, there's a lot of number threes here because it's hard to put words to these myths. I've heard them so many. But basically, they all boil down to this, that this vaccine that we did at uh, record speed has not been tested enough and perhaps is even being rolled out too quickly. What say you? Well, so there's a whole bunch of answers to that. And it kind of goes like this. In the testing period of this vaccine for both the Moderna and the Pfizer, which are the ones that have been approved on emergency youth authorization, there have been over 74,000 individuals tested with this vaccine worldwide. We have followed those individuals for at least two months. It is an ongoing study, so we will continue following those people for two months. That is a huge number. That is far more than any of these people who've propagated the myths of hydroxychloroquine being a good thing. This is a huge number of people that have been followed up. Finally, the second part of that myth is, is that, well, it's an emergency use authorization and maybe we should wait. We have a frigging plague. We have over 3,200 people dying a day. And we waited two extra months to roll out this vaccine. We could have rolled it out earlier just because people wanted to see what happens two months after the last person gets the last dose. And again, it's an ongoing study. So we now have even more data about it. You know, this mRNA vaccine that we have, and there'll be other vaccines coming out, is a product of 50 years of basic research, 10 years of applied research. The polio vaccine, when it came out, it came out when I was exceedingly young, but it had about five years of basic and applied research. And so it's been a lot of work over a lot of time. In our last podcast, we talked about the excitement of that mRNA vaccine. So yeah, this is this has been there is a lot of work. It hasn't been rolled out too quickly. Uh, it could have been rolled out sooner. And boy, I wish we could make more quicker. So parallel to that uh, is the thought that some people have that say, "I get everything you've said about this this research, but we've never actually used messenger RNA, mRNA." We've never made an MRA vaccine before, is what people say. They do say that, but they're wrong because we have. One of the first virus vaccines we made with mRNA technology was against another coronavirus called MERS, which is Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. That is a disease that people get in the Middle East. It is about a 30 to 40 percent mortality, and an mRNA vaccine was developed for that. There's also been an mRNA vaccine developed for rabies. And there's been one developed for Zika. And in the very near future, we will have mRNA vaccines for influenza, which will have a high degree of specificity to the antigens we want. Meaning, you know, now they say the influenza vaccines are 50 to 60 percent effective, and we're pretty happy with that. The ones that are coming out with mRNA technology will be far more specific than them. So we've used it before. We've used mRNA and a lot of technology before. It's not new. Well, I'm definitely excited to talk about how we can improve the flu vaccine. But first, let's get rid of one Please. this pandemic first. This is horrible. Obviously, yeah, this we is need horrible. to put our our attentions there. I've often heard people say that, and you mentioned MERS, which was originally found in camels and transmitted to people. Zika comes from mosquitoes. Uh, but speaking of animals, where's the animal testing, Doctor Simpson? This vaccine and Doctor Fauci himself passed on animal testing. They say. Well, first, Dr. Fauci has nothing to do with the vaccine studies. 
He has nothing to do with how the studies are done. But the first steps that were done in the mRNA vaccine, and they're published, it's in the literature for those people who say it, all they have to do is do maybe a little Google search. The first trials of the mRNA vaccines were done in mice, and then they were done in monkeys, and they were very excited. Now, at the time, for those who followed our podcast, you know, we were saying, well, you know, that it works in mice is okay, that it works as monkeys is okay, but it's still not human. So we looked at animals. And by the way, those primates that were injected with that months and months and months ago, they're still happily going along, living their little monkey lives and doing just fine. They have not grown new horns or tails or things like that. But everybody likes to blame Dr. Fauci, just like Bill Gates and George Soros and, you know. We'll get to that in a minute. But speaking of this concept of the testing we've been through, great, say the naysayers out there, scientists have said they've tested enough. But what about the FDA, the regulatory body that approves drugs in America? Did the FDA do enough testing of this vaccine? So the FDA had three sets of trials that they do for every drug and every vaccine. The first trial that's done is the trial where we see, is it toxic to people? Because just because the animals had it and were fine doesn't mean people will have it. So the first group of volunteers is usually hungry graduate students that you give a meal to and say, hey, we're going to eject you with this. And they say, is that pizza? Yeah, I'll take it. That's the first set of trials. And those trials are published. It shows that there was no toxicity. The second set of human trials that were done were to say, what is the dose that we need for this virus? That trial just came out in the New England Journal of Medicine, phase two, the results of the trial published, you know, publication lacks uh, all of the results. Phase three trial is the trial that just ended to determine how effective is the virus in the world. So what they did is they infected in the Pfizer group 144,000 people, 72,000 of them had the COVID vaccine, 72,000 of them had the placebo. They said, go out in the world, be careful. And as soon as they came out with the statistically significant number of infections, which was 135, they graded the infection. How bad was your COVID? Were you dead, ICU, or did you sniffles? And then they broke the code to see who had the vaccine and who didn't. 95% of the COVID-19 infections came in the people who had the placebo. 5% were in those who had the vaccine. And of those 5%, they were all graded as mild, mild COVID-19 infection. So it is a pretty good and rigorous amount of studying that was done. I think that, you know, anybody who looks at the data and looks at the huge number of people over, it was in, it was done in South America, it was done in North America, it was done in Europe, and the huge diversity of individuals involved will say, wow, that's, that's great. What scientists wanted, what Fauci said months ago was, by gosh, if we could get a 50% efficacious vaccine, we would love that. Well, we have a 95%. I mean, this is, this is awesome. Great. So not a, not an FDA rubber stamp at all. Plenty of good data that the FDA has accepted and said, yes, this is the kind of rigor we're looking for. In fact, it's even more rigor. Well, I mean, think about it. In 2009, we had the swine flu, H1N1. We did emergency youth authorization for that vaccine. It was out and in the public in six months. So this is not the fastest vaccine that's ever gotten out there. We've done it. We've done it faster before. Imagine if we could have done this vaccine back in June. Imagine the number of lives that we would save.
So there's another myth out there that mRNA, messenger RNA, which sounds a whole lot like DNA, that particular vaccine that we have might alter one's DNA. And of course, if one's DNA is altered, people like me who watch too much science fiction in our brains flash back to uh, Jeff Goldblum's character in The Fly, where the fly DNA was merged with the human DNA and we got that disgusting creature. I thought, I, thought Jeff, I thought Jeff Goldblum looked better as a fly than he did as Jeff Goldblum, quite frankly. <laughs> you know I mean? just, He's definitely improved with age, but any truth, will this mRNA virus alter our DNA? mRNA is out in the what we call the cytoplasm of the cell. So if you look, think of a cell like a sunny side up egg, the egg white being the cytoplasm, the nucleus where the DNA is being the yolk, mRNA cannot travel into the DNA core and alter it at all. That's not how mRNA works. Secondly, when you get mRNA in your that part of your cell, your cell is immediately trying to break it down. We have a lot of mechanisms of breaking down mRNA in our cell. So that was one of the technical challenges is how we can get this. But you know what can breach your cell DNA? Hmm. The COVID-19 virus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus. There were reports that were issued today out of South Africa where they found that the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the virus now, not the mRNA, can actually breach the cell and breach the DNA. So if you're worried about DNA being altered, get the vaccine. That's what the virus is doing, you're saying. Oh, not a not a good thing. Well, let's stick with the mRNA myths. Another one that I've heard is that this messenger RNA, which tells, you know, things to do, is giving a message to the to the to the cells. Make that, protein. That will, yeah, to make proteins, but that's going to spiral out of control. And we're gonna make too much protein or something, I guess. What's the likelihood that the mRNA introduced by this vaccine could have your cell spiral out of control? Well, you know I love social media. Yes. Well, I don't use Snapchat. I used it for like a day and decided, well, there's no there's no value in this. But mRNA is like a Snapchat chat message. You get it, it gives the message, and it's degraded almost right away from the cell. It can't make more protein. I mean, if it could, we would have the answer to world hunger. We could make porterhouse steaks in our, you know, in our kitchen instead of having to have cows. But no, mRNA is degraded almost instantly. It, like I said, it's like the Snapchat as opposed to the Instagram, which you know is there forever. All right, I have to bring up the craziest myth I've heard thus far, and I've I've no idea how this connects, but it is why, this. Why are you putting on a tin this, hat? <laughs> because this requires <laughs> it's even hard for me to say this aloud, but some people have this crazy notion in their head, and maybe you'll tell me if it's crazy or not, that the vaccine that you just got yesterday, and we're all going to get sometime in the next six months, contains, and I can't believe I'm gonna say this out loud. Aborted lung tissue. What? Yes, that is one of those very untrue statements that is being made all over the internet, especially by those people who are high in the anti-vaccination crowd. So it has mRNA vaccine has nothing to do with cell culture, but cell cultures are used to make other vaccines. So the mRNA technology, there is no cell culture. There is no aborted fetus parts. There's no body parts. You will not turn into anything evil you're not you're not propagating abortions if you do that but let's talk about where this myth came from because i think it's important to put it in context to grow viruses and i grow viruses in my past you have to grow them in cells because the viruses grow inside cells they take over their mechanism use their mechanism to grow more viruses and that's how you grow the viruses in a laboratory so we can grow viruses in things like chicken eggs that's how we grow influenza viruses 
We can grow viruses. There are cell lines that are made out of monkey parts. There are human cell lines. Probably the most famous human cell line is from uh, Henrietta Lanks from uh, uh, you know that movie long ago, the woman who had cervical cancer, whose cell line has lived on forever and created many. And about 50 years ago, there was a legally aborted fetus from the UK and one from Sweden that some of the lung tissue fibroblasts have been used for cell lines, and we have used those for cell lines for these 50 years. Mm. They have been used for the rabies vaccine. They have been used for the mumps vaccine. That cell line has saved thousands of lives. So you're not aborting a baby every time you take a vaccine. These were something that was done 50 years ago, and that fetus's life has saved millions of people on the planet. So that would be like saying, wow, we don't want to perpetuate murder, so we shouldn't have transplantation. Uh, so think about it. You know, I'm a donor. If I die, they get my liver, sure. lungs, eyes, and everything like that. So hopefully I can help someone else. Fortunately, that has come to a very, very good use. But the mRNA vaccine, the anti-vaxxers love revving up the evangelical Christians by saying, oh my God, we're not going to take the vaccine because we're helping abortion. And that's just not true. And it's evil. It is evil that they say that, evil that they think of it, and even more evil that they don't understand how lives have been saved by the fetal fibroblasts of those two fetuses. But again, this virus, this mRNA virus we are taking to stop COVID-19 is not made with any human body parts whatsoever. Is that true? Your body parts will make it. So my body parts right now in my little arm, in my deltoid muscle, which almost bent the needle going in, in my muscle, my body <laughs> is now making the spike protein for that. So my body part is making it. And then my other body parts can say, wait a minute, we don't like this protein. It's foreign. We're going to make antibodies against it. So if I encounter somebody with a virus, well, my body is already revved up and ready to go. Next myth, and we're winding down the end of these things, is that, staying with the evils of the vaccine itself, that that vaccine contains toxic compounds, and we are somehow injecting our body with poisons. We must be aware. Yeah, they always like saying it. You have formaldehyde, and it's like, you get more formaldehyde eating a peach. Or you get aluminum, and it's like, that's the third most common metal. Or mercury, thiomerosol, and it's like, no, that's different than the mercury that kills you. But in spite of that, none of those compounds, which are used as preservatives in a number of virus vaccines, are in this vaccine. What preserves this is cold. So this vaccine was kept at minus 70 degrees Celsius, brought to the hospital where I think, thawed it out and injected in my arm. My arm was not injected with freezing cold vaccine. And that's how it's preserved. Because it's preserved at that, they do not need to put anything in there to preserve it. By the way, you know what else we put all of those little preservatives in? Hmm. Almost everything that you eat or drink that has some lack of shelf life is preserved with something that can be toxic in high concentrations. But certainly not in this particular vaccine. Not right? in this one at all. So if you're worried about those compounds because you think those compounds will do evil, number one, too small a dose to do evil in any of the vaccines that have them. And number two, they are not in this vaccine. So get this vaccine. Last crazy notion here that 
the Ten Hatters believe in that this vaccine that you just got yesterday contains some sort of a microchip that allows either the U.S. government, perhaps the shadow world government, perhaps ran by Bill Gates, uh, is now able to track you and everything that you do for the rest of your days. Wouldn't that be nice that I would be so interesting to any of those people that they would want to track me? Wouldn't that be... Wouldn't that be nice? Because if that were the case, we would not be doing this podcast. We would be doing some other nefarious things, which we probably have done in the past anyway. But number one, you have a tracking device. It's not the vaccine that you get. It's your mobile phone. Your mobile phone tracks you everywhere. And if someone wants to find out where you are, like my wife can find out where I am now, she can hit the mobile phone, look up, find you. And there he's sitting up here talking to Evo instead of doing the dishes. (laughs) <laughs> and while technology is pretty good about putting the RFIDs in and other things like that, pretty much those things are about the size, the smallest we've gotten is about the size of a grain of rice. And uh, they didn't inject that into me. I can, I can, that won't even pass through a syringe. No. But yeah, it's, it's that, that whole tracking thing is like, really? It's not, you, you little anti-vaxxer are so interesting that Bill Gates wants to know where you are. I mean, you know, he could just check you with Windows 95 or whatever they're up to now. <laughs> I think it's a few revelations beyond that. Last bit of advice here. I think after all of those myths, you've clearly seen debunked. Do you have a single message for the listening audience out there? Well, one of the more common questions I've been getting is, which vaccine do you think you can oh. get? Because Moderna was just approved yesterday. Right. I got the Pfizer. And the answer is, the first one you can get your hands or arms on and someone will inject you, get it. It doesn't matter. They are both terribly effective. And, you know, everybody is sort of saying, well, wasn't Operation Warp Speed wonderful? And it's like, you know, it was, but they missed an important point. Nobody talks about this. Operation Warp Speed was supposed to be so that we were to pre-buy all of the vaccines. So it was pre-manufactured so that when it got approved, we would have it ready. We would have 100 million doses ready today, 200 million from the Moderna yesterday, So you'd have 300 million doses. You know, we don't have that. Mm, And the reason we don't have that is our government, which is currently being run by people who think they're business and said, oh, you know what? We will pay you if it passes FDA approval. The real idea of Operation Warp Speed is let's spend a couple billion bucks. It's not that much. You guys make it. You make the vaccine. If we lose, we've lost a couple billion bucks. But if we have won, if it's as good as you say it is, we will be able to distribute 300 million doses of vaccine the day it's approved. Mm. And they didn't do that because they were just too smart a businessman. Mm. So unfortunately, people like me got one, but people like you didn't. And you will have to wait for a couple of months until we get this. And so if you if you can get a hold of any vaccine and they can give it to you, please take it. I wish we could blanket the country in this right now because we're getting slaughtered out here. Our yeah. ICU, so we're, we're in a small county in California. Our ICUs are filled. We have people in the ER, and we're just beginning to see this. So this is this is oh, and the other one that came up recently was, well, we're going to still have to wear masks after this because this virus vaccine doesn't keep you from getting the virus. And it's like, no, it doesn't. The vaccines never keep you from getting the infection. It's like a fire hydrant doesn't keep your house from burning down. What a vaccine does is give your immune system that head start so that it can rev up against the vaccine and make it so you don't even know you had it. So you can still get it. You still may have small asymptomatic things, and we don't know if you'll be able to pass that bit on or not. 
hard to know, not something we will know for years from now, but really, the sooner we can get this, the better. Keep wearing your mask, keep washing your hands, please stay inside, all that. So some final points. You know, I was lucky to be one of the first people in our country to get the COVID-19 vaccine. And right now, in our intensive care units, we have people who are dying from this disease. In fact, we're seeing around the country a slaughter unlike anyone living has ever seen. And while some anti-vaccination folks and COVID deniers want to say that we don't see any extra deaths this year, they're just wrong. I mean, check the CDC website. They're wrong. This vaccine is really the only thing left that will save us. And while most wear masks and social distance and do the right thing, this virus has still gotten out of control throughout this country. On our scale of science, where five is great science and one is nonsense or non-science, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines get a five out of five. So get the vaccine. Thank you for listening to this edition of Your Doctor's Orders podcast. A transcript and more information are available on our blog, yourdoctorsorders.com. And while I am a doctor, I'm probably not your doctor, but while I have you here, get the vaccine, whichever one you can, as soon as you can, and get your family members, and especially those most vulnerable to get it too. Your Doctor's Orders podcast is distributed and edited by my friends at Simpler Media with special help from Evo Terra, the pod god. My producer is at Producer Girl, who has taken time out of producing TV shows to do this and another podcast called Eat My Glow with my other friend. I have two friends, Evo and Simon Majumdar. Until next time, don't drink the water, drink the wine. Hey, Evo, you and I have been fighting the anti-vaccination crowd for years, yet they still persist. Sow seeds of doubt, and not only doubt, but outright lies. Meanwhile, we're getting slaughtered out here by COVID-19, and never has science been more important. So stay safe, my friend, and get the vaccine as soon as you can. Thank you very much for that, but um, you, you do know that I'm like right here next to you, right?